Hello, everyone. Hello, Carl. Hello, Hello. Jack. Hey, everyone. Hey, yeah. Hey. Long time no see, Giles. Um, <laughs> what, what, about four and a half minutes? <laughs> yeah, just about that. So G- Giles has just put me through. How, how would you? Well, I've just had to admit my, my sins to Giles. Yeah. You've just done your Agile confessional recording. Um, and I would, look, we can't give any of those secrets away until the, the recording goes live. But, how did uh, she do that, Giles? I mean, it must have taken like five hours. Uh, <laughs> it, it took multiple <laughs> recordings. I'm going to be stitching hours of, uh, of uh, MP3 together um, to try and get the sort of the, the best in a 10-minute in a episode. Carl, <laughs> oh, you might have to put out a special post. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and I really wanted. To, I had a really good post set, all set up, and it was written like uh, Agile World supports its staff member as 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 the revelations and confessions start to appear online. And uh, well, no, no matter what the rumors are, we stand by our staff. But uh, I, there was there was some prima donna on TV at the same time uh, flouncing around. So uh, we decided not to go with it, lest it be confused with the uh, actual news. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you will support me through my sins, and I'll update you on my sins later. <laughs> they, they, they are very deep. They are they 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 are certainly worth uh, a, a dedicated listen, shall we say, just to get to to the bottom of them. They're they're very good. They're very good. Well, you know, if Agile World ends today, you'll know that Carl's left me, done a runner, divorced <laughs> me in a friendship relationship, and just gone, yeah. Was no, there anything about manipulation in there? Um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh, there you go, you started the rumours now. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Giles. And thank you because this is technically what? a back-to-back recording for you. Uh, no worries. You busy? Uh, yeah, fairly busy. Fa- fairly busy. I mean, not only with just uh, all the sort of the, the, the volunteering stuff, uh, and the activity stuff um, and the, the conference hosting and all of those things that are, that are coming up, uh, but also, um, you know, just with the, the job uh, and the teams and everything else. So, yeah, ha- having great fun at the moment. And I tell you what, it's, it's, it does feel good to, to be busy um, and sort of, you know, lots of fingers and lots of pies, I suppose, at the moment. But getting to meet, obviously, lots of uh, cool people, especially with the, the meetup groups um, at the moment. So from, from that perspective as well, lots of learning going on. Uh, and having, so, yeah, so Giles, I, ha- I have a reader's question here. Uh, Agile, truth or lie? Oh, lie, lie, lie. <laughs> lies, 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 more damn lies. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's how we've made our careers, isn't it? So it has to be lies. Well, I mean, you know, we, we would like to purport on a on a marketing piece such as this. <laughs> I, I, how did you get into Agile anyway? What you know, if if uh, if if you've now been so sullied by it, um, how did you get into it? Why did you start? <laughs> I, it, 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 it's all good. We know that, and it doesn't have Agile lies world on your on your hat. So, uh, <laughs> uh, um, for me, you know, I, I I'm a software engineer by uh, qualification and by degree. Um, and um, just just found out that actually um, my uh, my fellow person here, a confessee, uh, is, is from a similar part of the world as I'm from as well. And so spent a large part of my uh, early career as software engineer in the West Country, 
um, and um, I, I was having good fun with it. Um, and I was probably a slightly late adopter to the Agile world. Um, I'd sort of been hearing rumours and murmurs, but it wasn't like we had, you know, information at, at sort of our fingertips like we do today. You know, you had to see articles online or you had to find books about it. And it wasn't like, you know, the, the actual you know, signing of a manifesto in 2001. Pfft, sorry, did it ever happen? You know, you know, blink and you missed it. If you didn't hear about it, it was something you never discovered until 10 years later. And so for me, I sort of got into that world. I, I remember uh, picking a book off uh, a colleague's desk with this word agile on the title. And I sort of said, you know, Anne, can I borrow the book? Yeah, yeah, sure. Picked up the book and started th thumbing through it and, and reading it. And it was kind of like, holy, there are other ways of actually delivering software. And of course, that's where it obviously was trying to remove the friction of back in the early days. And so I literally was standing there, whole reading this, thumbing through this book, going through it and everything else, going, right, OK, this is this is insane. Um, I don't have to sit here and start, you know, just put my headphones on and not talk to anybody else for the next nine months. You know, working in that sort of waterfall or V model way that I was as that pure software engineer. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I got very early on in sort of 2004 into that scrum mastery world. And then for the next, you know, probably I've always maintained probably about the next five, six years, I was, I was, I thought I came out of that course thinking, yes, I am a master. I now can take on the world. I know Masters of the universe. Exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I'm always skeletal, by the way. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and the 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 uh, the thing that sort of then came from that was I really just did agile probably for the next five or so years, um, and I it wasn't a case of cookie cutter, but it was I was fairly militant. I was fairly right. This is the the, the guide. This is the book. <laughs> this is the process. We have to follow the process. You know, if it hurts you uh, to follow the process, tough. We're following the process. And for a good five, six years, it was very much like that. And then it's so got you, to you're an agile zealot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good God. Yeah. And, I, you know, I could I could probably have the the, the, the badge and the title and, and whatever else. Watch out. Yeah. Here comes Mr. Agile. Everyone duck. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, Is it wrong that I'm currently judging you right now? <laughs> <laughs> Look. This is a long time ago, Sabrina, so hopefully things have moved on since then. We're, we're now at about 2010, and I, I got into an organisation where actually I thought, great, this is awesome, 29, 2010, um, and they were, they were doing things or purporting to do things um, smarter and better themselves. And from my perspective, I was also working at a place which had um, uh, good uh, leadership as well. So I was able to get some fantastic mentoring and coaching and whatever from from uh, the people in the organization uh, and for me that started me changing my my own behaviors uh my own growth and leadership you know sort of journey I was on um and and that was it and then from from then on in it was a case of what else can I do to do the learning like we were just talking about earlier Sabrina without giving any of the uh, um the, the the podcast away that sort of element of learning and growth is is yeah. then what's happened over the last 10 years. Um, and, you know, long may it continue because I wish I had done some of the stuff I've done, most sort of salient things you do in the last 10 years. I wish I'd done them 10 years earlier so I could even be sort of further ahead of the game today. But, hey, it's, hindsight's a great thing. 
But at the end of the day, that's how we learn. I think I've got many things. I mean, I could have done what we did in the show. I could have done loads of things. I could have said loads of things with you previously with stuff I've done. But I think that's what makes us good at what we do because we've done things wrong. We've done things backwards. We've done things differently. And, and that's what makes us the people we are. And yeah, I, I look back and I think to myself, there's some silly things, silly things that I've done and maybe overdone and or not done enough of. And that's what I've brought through my career to make sure things do get done. Um, I do find it funny how you did say that you, you were one of these that kind of read the book and, and did it like literally exactly from the book, which people like that are still out there. And that's what gives us a job, <laughs> if you know what I mean. That's what's kind of made our careers. Well, it's made our careers in terms of being able to now actually help them have that sort of dawn of realisation that actually you, you can't be like that. Um, you have to actually um, uh, inspect and adapt and move on and evolve. And, and actually, you know, it, it's not as, as I often say, it's sort of conferences and webinars and things, you know, t- taking an organisation and somehow crushing the life out of it in a particular, you know, framework or methodology or whatever. It's about taking that organisation and creating that thing that supports organically the organisation as the whole. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are many people who still get it wrong today, but awesomely, as we know, right, from our communities and the, the people we interact with on a daily basis, there are those people who truly get it and get it right and really want to help those businesses achieve those successful outcomes. Yeah. So I, I always think when I interview people about agile roles, you know, can they expose that they were a zealot? Because I was one as well. Um, and I think I think we've all been through that, and it's the revelation that it's it's maybe an evolving thing rather than an absolute sense that you're really looking for in people because you don't want them to destroy the clients while they're doing agile. So that that's that's part of the the people parts of uh, doing the work. But yeah, I mean, it's I just think it's funny that almost everyone I've met now uh, has had that revelation. Oh. Uh, we can't do it this way. So w- once you stop being a, a zealot and then you start trying to work out the best way to work, uh, you start to find things that work that aren't actually in any book. Yeah. Pragmatism. Sorry, I was just going to... Pragmatism, I think, is 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 the key there, right? It's it's it, for for me, it's 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 always been this thing of sometimes you don't even need to bring the word agile or agility into conversation. Yeah. It's it's literally about right how what's what's right in front of us that we can't see. What is what are the things that are limiting us? You know, you don't need to suddenly bring the 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 wording agile or agility into the conversation. Pragmatism, right? And I, and I do I sometimes feel it's funny that there's a lot of us and a lot of friends as well who kind of feel, you know, a little bit like frauds for somehow being paid to to just impart pragmatic knowledge, right? And to impart common sense to people. But that's what we're doing. Yeah, but the thing is, I think to myself that there's loads of courses out there. I'm I'm not going against these courses, but there's loads of courses to be an agile coach. But a lot of people need to realize is, yes, you can go on these courses. They're almost like plugins. They're almost like extended snap-ons, if you think about it. But actually, a good agile coach is somebody that has actually grown into it and experienced it. They need to experience these things. They need to make these mistakes. They need to to have that experience to be a good agile coach. And then these courses you have out there are just extra plugins to extend your knowledge and extend your experience and almost widen 
your knowledge and experience. But I find it, I, I see these courses that say you could be an agile coach by doing this course. It's the same as you can be a scrum master by being this course. Well, no, you can be a scrum master by doing it. You can all do a course and do an exam, which is great. And don't get me wrong, because I've done it and, and, you know, I'm all for it. But actually implementing those ways of working and implementing what it is, that's what makes you part of that role. Carl, you're giving me a look. Have you frozen? <laughs> you me no, a- no, I'm still here. I'm still here. No, it's, it's, I mean, I think one of the interesting things from the festival that we've just had is that um, as a central team, we didn't choose a flavour of Agile that we wanted to be involved with. And, and, and we started calling it flavors of agile rather than even methods, because I don't think they're really methods. Mm-hmm. I think they are uh, perspectives born of a certain set of criteria and experience. But once you apply them, they change. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that whole classic thing about you can have a plan as a general, but the minute you're in a battle, it's completely gone. You have to you respond with what you've got. So yeah, what, that do you have a favorite flavor? <laughs> um yeah i mean i've 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 uh, actually you know spent a large part of my world in the disciplined agile space now a very early adopter became a you know a certified scrum master um later became a scrum coach but um i was working uh, in an organization that was trying to sort of scale up not only their systems their processes their people but obviously the ways of working as well uh, and I ended up in, a, in on, online trying to find things to do. And I, SAFE really it was, so I'm talking now 2012. So SAFE was just in its early adoption and was just being sort of talked about. And I, I just, for whatever reason, and I've got nothing against it, it just, it, it wasn't the thing for me. It just, it looked, it just seemed even in the very early stages, far too complex for where I was. I actually needed some something sort of intermediary, more of a toolkit to help me mm-hmm. rather than some actual physical framework, something that I could actually apply to other things, lean practices, scrum, et cetera, et cetera, but would allow me to scale and, and try and do things differently. And so I became um, a disciplined agile, um, 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 whatever is the uh, certified marketeer. Yeah, marketeer. But uh, I, think, <laughs> I think fanboy, you could say, but also um, uh, proponent, supporter, whatever are the right words, trying to find putting my teeth back in. Um, I think that, you know, I became very um, uh, bought into what it was trying to do to help organisations scale very early on. Um, I became the UK's first certified disciplined agilist back in uh, November 2013. Uh, and I've done all of my coaching uh, in, in, in the world as well. Um, I'm going to become um, a instructor, DA instructor, the first one um, for PMI DA uh, in a couple of months. Um, cool. I'm currently going through my instructor training at the moment, and I'm going to be um, working with some clients and working with some uh, associate companies to offer the uh, training. So, I'm not necessarily beholden to it because I've done lean qualifications and other things like that as well. You know, I've, I've enjoy um, learning about lessons, scrum at scale and all of those things as well. I've worked in organizations running safe and it's, it's worked. Um, but for me, uh, my personal thing that I've spent a large part of my career learning is uh, a big part of uh, the sort of growth and involvement of disciplined agile. That's interesting. I, I did try and find, 
someone who would take me on as uh, in scaled agile at portfolio level and I couldn't find anyone willing to do the course to actually to, it's so complex I mean it's it's the most complex end of agile uh, dealing with the the executive board and the thematic approach to running enterprises um, but I've actually had practical experience of doing it so yeah. I wanted to take that against the so I, I tend to do practice before I do the training <laughs> well, Which, I, I, I think that's pretty much the same as a lot of people I know who, you know, aren't necessarily fighting against particular frameworks or methodologies. Um, they, they want to see it in action. They want to, they want to practice it, first of all. And for, for many years, I had to do that before, you know, I got into actually becoming a, a DA coach. I had to actually make sure I was putting it into practice and trialing it out. Um, and of course, you know, you, you get to the successes and the failures, the war wounds and the, the, the trophies. So, uh, and everything else in between. But it's only by doing that can you then actually go around and actually become that coach or instructor if you then want to be able to qualify people. And that's what, you know, I'm going to be doing later this year. Um, if by actually imparting that personal knowledge of how you've implemented it successfully, how you've implemented it poorly, uh, uh, and everything else in between. Uh, and it's that sort of learning and open and honesty and, you know, uh, in, in conversation, which really helps. And those courses I've been on over the years as well, where the, the instructors or the coaches or the teachers, whoever are there, who also share, you know, this is where I got it wrong, this is where I got it right, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think we've probably all learned as students in those courses more because of that honesty than, than anything else. So Carl's absolutely spot on. For me, it's about practicing it, putting it in play, first of all. Um, and I, I genuinely, I've always maintained, uh, talking at other webinars, that I think it's, it's part of, it's given me my own sort of leadership skills as well, using the, the toolkits, using the, the approaches of putting it into practice in that enterprise world, um, you know, having operated as a CTO, uh, you know, in, in tech companies, uh, I'm able to have that conversation at the C-suite level uh, and understand that, you know, um, how to have the, use the right words, how to have the vernacular where CEOs and CFOs and other people actually understand the conversation. And uh, believe you me, again, it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago, it's without using the word agile or agility in, in conversation at all. It's actually having that ability, you've actually sat in those person's shoes. So you know how to communicate with them, you know what they're after, you know what they're wanting, and you know how you can actually connect the dots because you've actually sat there and that's from your actual experience. Love it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is exactly that. And this is why I said, I think it's funny that me and a few friends often talk about the fact we get paid to impart this sort of pragmatism, this common sense. Um, and yet, if it was that easy still though, you know, everybody would be doing it and, and they would be naturally doing it. Yeah. And we would have long moved on from organizations who've grown beyond bureaucracy and command and control and micromanagement. We would be in a, in a world where, you know, uh, teams are have do have, or have more accountability and ownership, do have more of that sort of damn pink mastery autonomy purpose in, in what they're actually trying to achieve as well. Um, you know, and, and we probably, we wouldn't have jobs. But yeah. I'm, I'm ha happy that in some ways we do, because we are the ones trying to get the next generation to, to move away from all the anti-patterns uh, and then obviously help them do something different and behave differently in the future. I had some really bad 
CIOs and CTOs in my career and bosses who were so command and control and do this and do that and mm. do the other. And I need this to my, you know, and, and literally uh, I, I wish I could go back in time, you know, invent time travel when I invent time travel <laughs> uh, and actually go and tell them how they're getting it completely wrong. Um, you know, watch some YouTube videos from 25 years in the future uh, and uh, see how organizations get it right. Uh, Scott Seafright invented the time machine during the uh, festival for all of the workers to uh, get their work done. So uh, that 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 is a truth. Um, do you think Agile as, as, as a term of reference is dead? Do we need to change the name? I mean, we just sent all of this, uh, set up all of these logos and everything, but it, it, it's, it's so widely used and so often incorrectly used. Do we need to change oh, it to something God. else? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I don't know if there is a is there is a better word at the moment. I mean, I think everybody gets and understands the aspiration of when an organization is saying it wants to adopt Agile or McKinsey or Deloitte bring out one of their reports, which is the state of play and how many companies are successfully adopting and how many companies are uh, only having short-term transitions and how many companies are not getting any success at all. Uh, I think that the, the umbrella term is there and uh, and works uh, but I just don't think it's in conversation in the same way it was five ten years ago um, and I think that's changed uh, and the mindset shift has changed I think also as well the other thing is it's moved from just being something for the technology teams you know and I, I have a better appreciation now years on just understanding how much friction other parts of organizations must have had with um, the technology teams I was either in or responsible for, <clears throat> because I was 25% of an organization working in an agile way, while 75% of an organization is working in standard practices, processes, traditional office behaviors. Uh, and so, of course, who's the odd one out? The 25% or the 75%. Now I know I'm going to sit there and go, this is 75%, of course. But from, from their perspective and why they don't like it and they don't get it and so it often fails is because they kind of go, no, we want you to work in the same way the rest of us are working. And because that conversation then wasn't organically happening with the other parts of the organization, there was huge friction and it, everybody used to keep butting up, you know, against those technology teams. And I think now the conversations change. We have all of these amazing experts in the the agile sales space and the agile marketing space and the agile finance space, you know, the agile HR space, you know, all of the sort of the back office and exterior departments to technology teams. I think we've really now got a good movement to kind of just get the mindset across organizations without necessarily needing to brand it agile. So, mm. so I think the, the thing is I, came into agile from the business world i didn't come into it from technology i, I can code but i i learned to code for fun um not not to make money out of it um and i was involved in user experience and user experience in those days when i got involved in agile sat in the business it was nothing to do with technology it was about taking the product uh, features or <laughs> they weren't even called that. They were taking the, the, the key components of the product and, and translating them into experiences and then handing those experiences to technology to interpret them again. Te uh, UX never lived in technology when I first got involved with it. Uh, it actually uh, it was like an architecture role. Um, and so you know, I, that's also when I, when I saw Agile, it, you know, 
appear and then steal user stories. I thought, I've got to get in on this. I've got to find out how this works. Well, no, it's, it, I mean, it sounds terrible. I don't mean it as a negative thing because we stole user stories from marketing. Um, so it's not, um, you know, it's just a progression. You know, we, we all pinch from different parts of uh, what works, don't we? That's how we evolve ways of working. Um, but I just, I think there's, there's a large amount of people who have never been involved in technology who are involved in agile. Um, and that, that also causes uh, conflict because you think people understand the relationship to sprints and cycles and CICD and they don't. You know, I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to have a, a cross organizational view, <coughs> but I'm quite happy to sit with the CFO and talk about how we can ensure that they meet their uh, yearly targets based around uh, strategic planning. Uh, yeah, and that's... I, I agree. <clears throat> For me, I, I think uh, one of the things that is key um, right now is, is organizations do need the likes of us there. Right? They need those coaches in play to help them have that situation awareness, to have that understanding, to help remove the friction. You know, and, and for me, that's key. It, it moves the paradigm away from, you know, uh, the, the employee just being a number in an organization to that employee somehow then becoming a partner, that co-entrepreneur within the sort of the, the, the remit of the organization. Somebody who's actually, you know, uh, has some accountability um, for the success criteria of the business. And as yeah. such, for me, it's, it's needing the coaches in play to support, to have that conversation so that people do understand what CICD is in the conversation or do understand what user stories are or do understand a particular way of working and why the importance of a particular ceremony is there to achieve a particular outcome. If you, As long as you're obviously sharing the outcomes that come from all of these things, fantastic. But I've seen too many organisations doing Agile or too many organizations failing at it because they just sort of cherry pick it some bits and think all of a sudden they can classify themselves as agile. And, and genuinely, they can't, they have zero claim to any kind of agility whatsoever. And for me, that, that's, yeah. that, that's just, that's where it falls over so quick and why they need people like us. And I think now there's this realization more and more and more when organizations used to get rid of the agile coaches and sort of just literally evict them um, you know, uh, from previous organizations. I think now they kind of realize, oh crap, we actually uh, actually do need them. We should have them. We, you know, there's a real need to support our people within the organization. The term uh, the agile is being used far too much because it is too true. Agile is taking over and Wajal needs to disappear. Uh, you better explain that for someone that's not heard it before. Waterfall Agile, but it's more waterfall with like a 10% that we think we're doing Agile because we, we've decided to break things up and call it sprints. I see it far too many places and they'll turn around and go, we're Agile, no, you're not, you're Wajal in a bad way. Yeah, context counts, right? Again, there are going to be situations and projects and in the world where you need to use waterfall v model whatever it is right an actual framework to deliver an outcome doesn't mean that you can't use an agile mindset to do things smarter within the boundaries of actually running a project in a waterfall way uh, you know so for me i still think there's huge benefit in getting people to at least adopt the mindset um, mm -hmm. and some of the values that uh, actually help deliver outcomes 
even if it, they are working in a, in a waterfall way within their organisation. But say you're wadjow and not agile. Oh, that's, that's what frustrates me. That's if you, that's Because I fully agree with what you're saying. There are certain businesses by the technology they're using or the customers that they have that you have to have this waterfall element. And it's okay. Don't, don't be shy about it. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's not, Waterfall's it's, not the enemy of agile. Yeah. But to turn around and say you're agile when you are actually 95% wadjow, with the tiny little bit of agile or wagow, however you want to call it, I'm sure I could probably make something. Are we, up are we developing a new language here? I can do it. It frustrates me. It frustrates me massively. Fragile is one word that frustrates me, and wagow or wagow, so however you want to call I, it. I might be responsible for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm one of the people, so I've certainly written about fragile. But the <laughs> the, the 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 point is that um, stop lying. That, that's really the main thing. Stop lying. Uh, if you can't do it, admit you can't do it. Let's look at it. And then maybe it's not possible. That That's the other thing is this, you can't apply Agile everywhere. It doesn't actually work. Uh, you, can, you can adopt the thinking and the process and the way in which you engage with people. But actually, a two-week sprint cycle on a critical task program on a nuclear reactor is going to be a bad move. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Yeah, <laughs> that was deep, Carl. That was deep. Well, no, I've seen people try and apply it in in critical task areas. You know, go, you bonkers. You know, uh, the reason do you have the waterfall processes you have in critical task areas is to ensure checks and balances, um, so that you don't break the critical task. Hang a minute, I've just had so, an idea. I may contact Tom Cruise and ask him if I can implement <laughs> Agile into Mission Impossible. That could be my career. <laughs> Hang a minute. I need to get Tom Cruise's number. Contact him and go, you know, you're into this, 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 I can't remember what it's called, the stuff that he's into. Have you heard of Agile? We could do this for Mission Impossible. It would work. Um, you know, that would my career would take off, even just being busy mates with Tom Cruise. Either that or just take a was this some weird dream? Some really weird dreams, I tell you. Well, that's that's maybe that's for another podcast. Sabrina's random dreams. Ooh, spin-off. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, right. We've run out of time now. We're gonna leave that one to the end. Hopefully, no one stays on to listen to that bit. Um <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for your time we love having you we hope to have you again giles uh cheers carl and uh, <laughs> hope to see you guys soon. oh thank you very kind <laughs> <laughs> cheers guys thanks for having us